All right, well, let's turn the Word of God to 2 Peter chapter 3. We've been doing 2 Peter on Wednesdays, and so we're getting into the third chapter. And uh, we can see the finish line of this book, but we're going to start in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. And uh, we'll read here. 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Say this in the Word of God. He said, again, he says, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your, your pure minds, I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers, walking after their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Verse 7, But the heavens and earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you through the blood and name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, again, we just praise you and worship you and glory in you and boast in you. And Lord, we do thank you for getting us another year. And uh, Lord, uh, give us the opportunity to start off another year, uh, Lord, together. Uh, Lord, as the church and uh, as your people, uh, Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness, uh, dear God. Uh, Lord, you've been so good to us and taken care of us. And uh, Lord, if you should tarry, thank God we already know we can trust you for what lies ahead. Lord, we do think about the prayer request tonight. We think of Sister Sherry's unspoken, Sister Sarah's unspoken, and uh, others, dear God, that have things upon their heart, <laughs> uh, burdens or needs, Lord, that maybe have not been mentioned. Lord, I'm glad you know. And Lord, by faith, dear God, we can uh, bring those before you. Lord, we think of uh, those things that were mentioned. Lord, we think of Sister Meyer's neighbor and Sister Meyer's uh, son. Lord, we think of the many sick among us. Uh, God, please touch them, uh, Lord, and raise them up and help them to be uh, healed uh, quickly. Uh, dear God, that they can be back uh, to work and uh, back with us. And uh, Lord, we thank you for those that uh, were sick already. And Lord, that uh, uh, you've healed. Lord, I thank you for helping uh, me and my family. And uh, Lord, just uh, many physical, spiritual, financial uh, needs of many kinds, dear God. But I'm glad no matter what it is, uh, dear God, you care, Lord. You care about the details of our life. And we can lay it at your feet and we can trust you with it. And Lord, we can claim your promises and we can rest in your faithfulness. So Lord, please give people what they need tonight. We thank you for the faithfulness of those that are here. And uh, Lord, even though some are sick, they're home uh, listening. Thank you for their uh, faithfulness, dear Lord, to still uh, uh, listen to the word of God. Lord, be with Joseph at work there and all that's going on there. And uh, give him guidance and wisdom and direction that he needs there. We think of Lisa and Lynn on the mission trip and the team. Uh, dear God, bless them in Mexico and uh, we'll continue to watch over them. And again, Lord, uh, guide us through your word. And Lord, if by chance there's somebody that needs to be saved, work in that heart as well. In Jesus' name, amen. And so uh, we look at these uh, verses. And again, he says in verse 1, This second epistle, beloved, I write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. And uh, notice that word stir. 
And I like that word stir, amen. You know, some people like to stir things up. Usually people like to stir trouble up, amen. But he's not trying to stir trouble up here. He's trying to stir some good things up, amen. That word stir here, to stir up, that thought means this, to wake up fully from sleep, to excite the mind. So he's like saying, hey, wake up, amen. You need to be awake spiritually and pay attention uh, to what's going on and understand some things. Of course, when we think about people getting stirred up, you can't help but mention, uh, of course, Paul in Acts 17, where it says this. We'll just read verses 15 through 17 of Acts 17. Of course, Paul, right, when they, uh, he was in Athens, and it says, and they conducted Paul, brought him unto Athens. Boy, if you ever get a, a chance to, to go there, that's a great place uh, to visit. And receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timotheus for to come to him with all speed, they departed. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit again was stirred. Notice that his spirit was stirred in him. And that's what Paul wants to do. Amen. I mean, Peter, he wants to stir our spirit up. He's challenging us, right? His spirit was stirred within him when he saw the city wholly given to adultery. We see, why was he stirred? When he saw, I like that verse that says, mine eye affecteth my heart. It says there in the Old Testament. That's a, that's a good verse. Good verse for missionaries. Good, for, good verse for us. And that sort of goes along with these verses. You know, as we, as we go through life and we see the condition of people, we see the conditions of things, our eye should affect our heart, and that should stir us like it did Paul. It says, when he saw the city, his eye affected his heart, and he was stirred, given to adultery. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue. See, his eye affected his heart, his heart was stirred, and what did it do? It stirred him to action which is what Peter uh, is challenging here. It says, He disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. And so here the word stirred means to provoke the mind, to irritate. So he looked out there and him knowing the truth, him knowing the true and living God, him knowing uh, the word of God properly now that he was saved, right? Uh, seeing people given to idolatry, seeing people uh, worshiping the false gods, seeing people not know the truth. You know what? It irritated him, right? It irritated his spirit that wanted people to know the truth and know things right. So uh, these two thoughts of being stirred up, being a, a completely awake spiritually and being, uh, being uh, irritated, amen, by uh, people not knowing the truth. These thoughts ought to stir us up because in these days with all that's going on as Christians, right, we need to be mentally and spiritually awake. We need to be alert to what's going on around us. When we see the spiritual conditions around us, again, it should irritate us and provoke us of course, to be what we ought to be and stir us into action like it did Paul. And so Paul says, hey, I want to stir you up, you know, because listen, when you're not awake, right, you miss out on things. And of course, uh, Peter understood that, right, about what happens if you're not fully awake. Remember when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration, he had fallen asleep and he would have missed out on what God was doing if he wouldn't have got stirred and woke up. Then he saw what God was doing there. And so he probably thought about that he was, when he was saying, hey, listen, man, you know, if you're not awake spiritually, if you're not in tune to what God wants to do, you're going to miss out. I almost missed it on the Mount of Transfiguration when I fell asleep, and I don't want you to miss out on what God wants to do in you and through you and around you. And he says, your pure minds. Whew, 
Thank God, amen, that in this day and age we can have uh, uh, pure minds. And of course, you know, as believers, it's always a battle of the mind. Man, I think about, uh, you know, you know, it doesn't matter how long you've been saved, boy, every day you got to battle that mind. Boy, the flesh and the world and all these things are battling your mind. That's why Ephesians 4.23 says, we're to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Boy, you've been out there in the world before you got saved and uh, the spirit of the world and the spirit of the flesh and all that is, is constantly uh, uh, guiding you. And of course, uh, and then it attacks you once you become a Christian. That's why we have this challenge in Philippians uh, 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, Whatsoever things is a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You see, it matters what you think on, uh, uh, people. Young people, you need to realize it matters what you dwell on. It matters what you spend your time reading. It matters what you spend your time watching. It matters what you spend your time listening to. It matters what you spend time meditating uh, upon. Uh, like uh, uh, Brother uh, um, uh, Munson mentioned the other day, how many... How, how many Stomachs does a cow have? <laughs> Boy, Brother Moyer just couldn't get over that. Amen. I said, you should have told him that's how many cows. Yeah. Oh, I thought you asked how many cows I had. Right. So uh, but anyways, that's what it's talking about. Be, be, you know, meditate on these things and think on these things to keep your mind pure and your mind right. And so uh, we need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind once we get saved, because before we got saved, Ephesians 2, 3 tells us how it was. Among also, we all had our conversation, what? This was our lifestyle in times past before we got saved, in what? In the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, and what? And of the mind. The desires of the flesh and of the mind. Boy, your mind would think up things before you got saved. It'd think up wrong things. Now that we're saved, it needs to think up right things. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But thank God we've been saved. We can think on the right things. We can be renewed in the spirit of the mind. The word of God, as we read it, it the, 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 that spiritual water flows through our mind to help us think different and desire different. So with pure minds, that means, that means we should be thinking clearly and spiritually. And as believers now, we should be able to discern proper judgment in Christian faith and practice, right? Our minds should be able to think on right things. Our minds should be able to now discern right things. Our minds should now desire right things, amen, uh, that we can begin uh, to do right. But now that you're saved, amen, be spiritually awake, amen, have a good spiritual mind, and be stirred by what? By way of remembrance, right? Because Peter also understood, just like he understood what it was like to fall asleep in the middle of God doing something and the importance of being awake, he understood the importance of remembering or forgetting, right? Peter understood the consequences of not remembering what we needed to remember and forgetting or remembering too late, right? Remember, uh, he's the one, he's the one that denied Christ. Boy, this is, to me, this is a tough verse. Luke twenty-two sixty-one 61 says this. Remember, after, after uh, he had denied Christ and he was there and he saw them taking Jesus out, I can't imagine. It says, and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. I can't imagine. I can't imagine the Lord turn around and giving you that eye. Now, man, you know what it's like when your wife gives you the eye, huh? <laughs> oh, man. 
shoots right through you, right? But can you imagine when the Lord gives you the eye, how much more? Amen. I mean, if, I, if, I, if another human can sort of give you the eye or kids, you know how it is when, you know, mama gives you the eye, right? You know how it is? Oh, straighten up. Straighten up. We get home, right? Right? Can you imagine? I, I, I can't imagine. You just fail the Lord and you turn around. He's staring at you. I mean, that would just like, ah. That's why he went out, of course, and wept bitterly. But it says, and Peter, and what happened when after that? It says, and then Peter remembered. The word of the Lord and how he said to him, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter remembered. Well, that's all. You know, it's, the, the wrong time to remember is after you already messed up. You see, Peter's saying, listen, I don't want you to remember after you messed up like I did. I want you to remember before you mess up. That's the time to remember the word of God. The best time to remember the word of God, amen, and your Lord is before you mess up. It says, Peter, I want to I stir up your pure minds. I want you to be fully awake. I want you to be alert. I don't want you to, to, to mess up. I want you to know what's going on around you uh, 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 spiritually. I want you to remember these things before, amen, you mess up. That's when we want to remember the right things. And he says this, stir up your minds by way of remembrance that you might be mindful that you know what that word mindful means, that you might be able to recall. That word means to, to, to recall to one's mind, to recollect, right? See, this is why we need to have the scripture in our heart. Like uh, Brother Munson talked about on, I think it was Sunday morning. Young people, this is why you need to have the word of God in your heart. So uh, uh, just, you know, side note here is so that when the, the, the flesh tempts you or your mind tempts you or whatever out there tempts you, right, that all of a sudden you can recollect, right, the word of God can come to your mind and protect you from giving in uh, to that uh, temptation, you see, to be able to bring it up in our mind, we have to first what? Like he taught us the other day, hide it in our heart. That's why you, why you want to hide it in your heart, right? Just like it, no different than a computer. You know, you're looking for some file and you're like, man, why can't I pull that file up on the screen? Well, is it saved on the hard drive? You can only pull it up on the screen if it's saved on the hard drive. If it's not on the hard drive, you can't put it on the screen. So God says, hey, make sure you put all those, those files, right? <laughs> make sure you put all those files on the hard drive. Amen. So when you need them, you can pull them up on the screen and see them and they can help you uh, with, with whatever you're dealing there. And that's what he's saying. I want you to be mindful. I want you to be able to recall God's word. And he mentions God's word here in a minute to recollect. That's why you need to have it in your heart, the scripture in your heart, so you can be mindful and bring it up in your mind. And notice he says the words, the words, what? That you might be mindful of the words. Listen, you need to be able to recollect. You need to be able to pull up the word of God. What? The word of, of the prophets, of course, a reference to the Old Testament and the apostles, which, of course, uh, the words of the apostles became the New Testament. So he says that you might be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, listen, it's the word of God that's going to help you with uh, whatever it is you're dealing with, right? As we look at, we just ended one year and we look at starting a new year. What got us through the last year? Well, I'll tell you one thing that got me through the last year was this book right here. All right, the, the, the words of the prophets and the words of the apostle that I could turn to them and they gave me what, my, what I needed in my heart and life with everything that I faced over the last year, what helped me out, what got me through? 
the word of God, that I was mindful. What helped me get through the last year? That I was mindful of the word of God, hopefully on a daily basis. That's what got me through the last year. And you know what? What's going to get me through this year? By trying to be mindful on a daily basis of the word of God. So he says, hey, remember, you know, a lot of things have changed over the last year. A lot of things have uh, uh, changed over the last couple of years. And if the Lord tarries, a lot of things will change this year. And listen, again, what got us through and what will get us through? God's word, which changes not. Well, we don't know what's going to change this year in our lives. We don't know what's going to change this year in our nation. But what's going to help us get through when things are changing? That which doesn't change. Well, one, Jesus doesn't change. Amen. Thank God for that. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, what? The same. I love it. The same yesterday, today, and forever. I like it when it says that about Jesus. He is the same. I like it when, it, when he's ascending, right? And he's getting ready to leave, and it says, hey, this same Jesus, amen, is going to come back. Hebrews 1, 19, 89 says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So, hey, as we uh, look ahead and we don't know what's going to change in our life, what's going to help us? Being mindful of that which cannot change. This word is forever settled in heaven. So the living word is not going to change. The written word is not going to change. And if we're mindful of that, that'll help us deal with what might be changing around us. We should know the word of God. And as we're going to see here in these next few verses, not only do we need to know the word of God from a theological standpoint, right? We know we need to know sound doctrine as Christians, but we even need to understand some things from a historical standpoint, if you will, because it's the word of God that shows us. And as he's going to mention in these verses and remind us that God can step in and impact the affairs of man and nations, right? He mentions that when he mentions the flood and a few other things in a moment, right? He reminds them, you need to remember what the, what, what, the, the, the word of God, the Old Testament, the New Testament, not only do you need to remember what it teaches you theologically, you not only need to, need to remember the doctrines, but you need to remember that God throughout the history of man has stepped in and done things whenever he wanted to. And he still can whenever he wants to. God can step into the affairs of man and nations any time he wants to, any way he wants to, and to whatever degree he wants to. Like we saw earlier in this book, if he just wants to deal with one man, he can step in and deal with one man. If he wants to step in and deal with a whole city like he did uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, or if he wants to deal with a whole nation, or if he wants to deal with the whole world, like with the flood, he can. God, listen, is always, amen, in control, and he can always do what he wants when he wants. Because as you know what, history is really just what? His story, amen. It's just about what he does, amen, throughout the time period that man is here on earth. And so he warns us here. He says, listen, you need to be mindful of the word of God. You need to take the word of God seriously, right? You need to be awake, right? You need to be alert. Because you see, as we're going to see here, hey, uh, there's things in life that are serious and you need to be alert to what's going on. Why? Verse three. Knowing this first, that thou shall come in the last days scoffers walking in their own lust. 
See, the reason you need to be serious is because there's going to be some scoffers that show up. And what is a scoffer? There are people who speak carelessly, if you will, about things that should be taken seriously. They take lightly things that should be taken seriously. They do not give serious thought. Scoffers don't give serious thought or consideration to things that are serious. Hey, listen, nobody likes to joke more than me, but there are some things in life that are just serious and need to be taken serious. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't take them as serious as they should. Tell me something that you think ought to be taken seriously. What's something that ought to be taken seriously? Yeah, the word of God. But yet, how many scoffing? How many people mock the word of God? These people mock it, right? Marriage should be taken seriously, right? The fact marriage should be taken seriously. But we have a bunch of scoffers out there in this world, right, that make a mockery of what they marriage is and what marriage should be. What do you mean between just a man and a woman? Ha! They scoff at that. They mock at that. They don't take what the Bible teaches about that seriously. Raising children, raising children uh, should be taken seriously. Hey, uh, 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 thank uh, God. I don't know if these people are saved or not, but they have something about them. They're willing to challenge these school boards. They're teaching all this uh, 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 just stupidity. I think, oh my goodness, man. Uh, if, 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 I, I don't know if I'd put my kids in public school, but if they were, I guarantee I'd be at a school, a school board, board, board meeting and getting arrested, whatever the case. I mean, that, that stuff is just wicked and vile what they're trying to put into schools. Uh, and that should be taken uh, seriously. And families need to take it uh, 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 seriously. The spiritual condition of our nation, many things should be taken seriously. And what do we see? We see, we see people out there, scoffers, right? Uh, making light of things that should be taken seriously. But thank God, one day scoffers will realize and face serious consequences and serious judgment for the way they scoffed at things that should have been taken serious. Because why? Because they chose to walk in their own lust. They chose their desires over God's desires. Verse 3, knowing this first, there shall come in the last day scoffers walking after the land. And we see that all around us. People scoffing and mocking, right, the things of God and the things that should be taken serious. They mock this word. They mock believers. They mock the institution of marriage. They mock the seriousness of teaching children uh, right principles and morals and so many other things. Amen are being mocked in this world. And what are they, and then it goes on to say, and what are they saying what? Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now they're saying all things were as they were from the beginning. Well, if people that don't believe the Bible would agree with them. Oh yeah, you're right, you're right. But we that know the Bible... No, that's not true. Amen. Things have changed. Some things have happened since the, the beginning. And just a just reminder, it says here, where's the promise of us coming? You know, just a reminder as believers, we think, man, when's Jesus coming? I mean, it's been 2,000 years since he said he was going to come. Well, remember, it was longer between the first promise and his first coming, right? Well, where's the first promise of us coming? Well, Genesis 3.15, isn't that the first promise of his coming? In the word of God, when there was only one man and one woman, that was the first promise of his coming. 
And then when we read in Luke 2, right, we just celebrated his coming. How many years was that approximately? 4,000. 4,000 years between the first mention of his promise of coming to the earth and when he actually came. Well, it's only been half that <laughs> since he promised it the second time right there. And well, one of the places, John 14, right? In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again, right? So that where I am there, you may be also. He gave that promise. That's only been 2,000 years ago. Now, hopefully we don't have to wait another 2,000 years, right? We think uh, it's not going to be as long, but we know. So it doesn't matter what they say, how they, how they mock that. He will come. Because God fulfills his word at his timing. He doesn't care what people say. He's not running on anybody's schedule but his own. Time is irrelevant to God, as we'll see later in this chapter, right? Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 say this. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10 say this. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. See, he's God. Hey, even before he started time, he already knew the beginning to the end. He already knew the beginning. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Hey, that's one promise among many that God's word is going to be fulfilled. If he said it, it's going to happen. Remember, there's God's will. We know God's will, right? Then there's God's way. And he, he, he shows us in many places the way that it's going to be fulfilled. So we know his will. We know the way it's going to be filled. Maybe what we don't know is the timing. Amen. And we trust him with that, whatever his timing is for fulfilling those things. So they say, you know, all things continue as they were. Well, the problem is not that all things continue as they were. The problem is that unbelievers continue as they were and don't get saved. They, the truth, right, because the truth they mock is the only thing that can help them. But what does it say about these mockers in verse 5? For this they willingly are ignorant. For this they willingly are ignorant. Look at that thought for a moment. Willingly ignorant ignorant. You see, people like this are inclined to avoid biblical truth. They want to be ignorant of these things. And then they learn too late that ignorance is no excuse. Listen, uh, maybe not in all nations, but in America, most people that don't know the truth, many are willingly ignorant, right? <laughs> they, 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 they willingly reject hearing the truth of the word of God. But the Bible says here, by the word of God, that what? The heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. That all this creation around them was done through the word of God that they mock. Hebrews 11.3 says this. Through faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen we're not made of things which do appear. Didn't they just put out a new uh, telescope out there in space or some, some type of telescope so they can see farther? And that's great. That's great. Soon, soon they'll be able to see more, even more of what God did in six 24-hour days. Isn't that amazing? They'll be able to even see more of what God did. You see, the more they try to prove he's not there, amen, the more they see of what he did, amen, and the truth that he is there. And by the word of God, 
You see? Hey, listen. Man, there's some smart people, them scientists, and they got PhDs and all that. And hey, you know what? I'm ignorant, I learned, but yet I know where this world came from. I know that God spoke it. How do I know that? By faith, I know the Word of God. He spoke these things. Genesis 1, 6. And God said... There it is. Let there be a mist of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Verse 9, Genesis 1. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And that's what it says here. They willingly are ignorant that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Right there, we saw that that's there in the word of God. But because they reject the word of God, they got to try and find and figure out another way that all these things happened. Verse 6 and 7. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. You see, of course, we know after the flood, God promised that what? There would never be another great flood like that. That's why we have the rainbow. Genesis 9, verses 13 through 15 say this, I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all earth. And the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. Now notice what he said and then notice what he didn't say. He said that water will never be used again to destroy the earth. He didn't say he'd never destroy the earth again. He just said that water will never be used to destroy the earth again. But we know here that he is going to destroy the earth again, but next time he's going to do it by fire. Last time he destroyed it by water, but next time he's going to do it by fire. So he is going to uh, destroy the earth. And so that really messes up those that think, you know, the world's going to get better and better and paradise is going to be uh, here, on, here on earth. I've said that the, the Jehovah Witnesses says, where are you going to be when God destroys this earth? Amen. And burns this place up and creates a new heaven and earth. You see, one thing, just a little side note, uh, these verses right here are some of the verses that people try to use when explaining uh, uh, the gap theory. Right? They, use, they turn to these verses and they try to say, see, the, the, the earth was already there and that. But of course, we, I don't want to get into that, but we reject that theory, of course. But the Bible shows what's going to happen to these scoffers at the end there. Day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Perdition, of course, means ruin. So what do we see about these scoffers? Instead of becoming what they might have been by gaining this knowledge, right? They choose to be ignorant of this knowledge, but if they would have yielded to that knowledge, then uh, they could have become something new in Christ. So instead, because they choose to stay ignorant, they're lost and they face ruin and destruction. Psalm 119, verse 30, the psalmist said, I've chosen the way of truth. They could have chosen the way of truth, but instead they were willingly ignorant of the way of truth. And so they're going to face perdition. They're going to face judgment and ruin. Again, they could have chosen the way of truth, but instead they willfully ignorant and have chosen the way of ruin. But for us, us, 
We know what their end is going to be as while we're still on this earth. Hey, he, 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 we know he's going to come. That's up to him when he comes. But God gives us a challenge till he comes. God wants us to be stirred up about the right things. Peter says, hey, wake up. Hey, when you look out there, uh, uh, just like uh, uh, Paul in Acts 17, when you look out and you see what's going on around you, when you see these scoffers, amen, hey, they might mock the truth, but in these days you need to stand for the truth. You need to be fully awake, amen. You need to be completely spiritually alert. When you look out and see what's going on, amen, you need to be irritated. Paul was irritated in the right way, amen, irritated in the right way about what was going on around him, and he stirred him to action. And as we look out, we need to pray, God, in 2022, help me to be spiritually awake. Help me to be spiritually alert. Lord, help me to be irritated But what I see on going around me. Lord, help me still to hate sin and to shew evil. Lord, help me to still stand uh, for what's right, though others might mock. Lord, help me uh, to give forth the truth. We need to be stirred up about the right things because being stirred up about the right things leads to right desires and right actions. You know, we look around and what have we seen over the last few years, especially in politics? We've seen so many people stirred up about the wrong things or at least things of less importance, which results in what? Wasted time and wrong actions. So we may, might say it this way, as we look toward the new year, may God help us what? May God help us break through in 22. Amen. There's your theme. Help, may God help us break through in 22 and be stirred up and say, God, help me be fully awake, fully alert spiritually about the right things, amen, that we may in 22 take right actions based upon that. Because based upon these verses, what? We should be stirred up that God has intervened in human history before. Hey, not, 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 not just when he was judging man, but when you read about revivals, what were revivals? They were God intervening, right? In the affairs of man. And say, God, we want you to fear once again in the affairs of man, but for revival in our church and in our nation. He's done it before. He can do it again. We should be stirred that this world, amen, will, will get away with nothing and will be judged. So we need to be stirred up. Here's the thing we need to think about. God, help me to be stirred up. Because one day I'm going to go up and one day this earth's going to burn up. Amen. But until I go up and this earth burns up, I want to be stirred up. I tell that to my friends a lot of time when I get on the phone, I say, brother, stay fired up till we go up. Amen. Stay fired up till we go up. And may God help us to do that in this coming year. So, Lord, as we look at these verses, we should get some prayer requests out of these verses. Lord, help me to be stirred up this next coming year. Lord, help me to be fully awake spiritually, having to be consciously aware of what's going on around me. And may it provoke me and stir me into action in your service. Though others may, may, may mock the things that should be taken seriously, help me to be one that takes the things that should be taken seriously, seriously. Amen. And that challenged me, amen, to do even more in this coming year in thy service. Let's pray.